Hello and welcome. This is the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, a show for creatives who are marketing their work online. And I'm Helen Perry, your host. This is a special edition recorded for you at the podcast show 2023 at London's Business Design Centre. It's a podcast about podcasts surrounded by thousands of podcasty people. And for the first time in 119 episodes, I'm sitting next to my guests in the flesh. They're on a sofa. We're in the same room. (laughs) It's my mates and colleagues, all podcast creators, Susie Dale, a.k.a. Sue's the producer, the sensible person and safe pair of hands behind the Just Bloody Post-It podcast and also the co-creator of her own show, Podcasting in Three Easy Steps. We've got Nick Redman, a voice coach and artist, a friend of the show and maker of the Voice Coach podcast and writer and speaker Hilary Saltzman, the voice of the everyday storyteller. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) This is fun. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm at Glastonbury. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the set, we've got, we've actually got a set. We've got green plants and we're on a balcony over where the main show is taking place. And it is very much like Joe Wiley Mm. in the indie tent at Glastow. Those are the vibes. Well, the, normally the vibe is you're in a cupboard with a microphone by yourself in your PJs or <laughs> wherever you're recording. So it is quite, it's quite a different atmosphere. It's such a treat. I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, we're in a, an exhibition hall. We're full of massive industry players like Sky, the BBC, Global. There are people here from YouTube, the biggest production companies in UK, podcasting, and some of the biggest creators of the hugest shows like Adam Buxton and Holly Tucker, Vogan, Spencer, Matthews. They've never been mentioned on the Just Bloody Post-It <laughs> podcast before. And Gabby Logan, I saw this morning. It's an event that shows, I think, really clearly how big podcasting has grown in just a handful of years and how seriously business is taking it, how much money they're investing, big bucks. But we're going to have a conversation about what this means for independent, teeny, tiny, micro-organism creatives like us. (laughs) Like, why to make a podcast, how to keep it simple, how to get more women into podcasting, and a little debate about video and podcasting is coming up. I want to ask you all first, though, as podcast creators, why you wanted to start your own show in the first place. Hilary... Why did you want a podcast? Um, I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to get a word in edgeways in this like, show. What platform could I have and, and be able to talk to more people? I mean, I know, I think seriously, it was about extending what I do at the moment. So as a storyteller, as someone that shares a lot of content to help specifically women get their voice out there, you know, social media was proving quite well, but it's, you know, there are so many people out there that, that struggle with their storytelling that struggle with their voice struggle with that idea of you know do I have a space to do this and I just really wanted to be able to reach more people I wanted to people to be able to access my knowledge people that couldn't necessarily pay to work with me for example or it just wanted a different way of doing it and it and it be a female voice talking about female voices really and it's just yeah it's just a great way of 
getting in the ear of those people and, and helping them build their confidence and it not be scary and overwhelming. They just need to listen to me every day and, it, you know, it helps them day by day get a bit more confident really having something to say for yourself <laughs> is surely the biggest and best reason for starting a show Suze yeah. you are a behind the scenes type of person yeah. but you do now have your own show that you co-present yeah. why did you want to get that out into the world um, I think it was a bit of a no brainer and I think it was you Helen who hmm. said to me you produce podcasts why have you not got your own podcast <laughs> and it slips down the list, doesn't it? You have this to-do list of, you know, regular work that you have to do and you might have a podcast on that list but actually starting to create your own is the perfect um, thing to do because you have this library of work that you can say to people, listen to this episode, this will really help you and I'm sure Hillary's got that and Nick as well mm. that you can say, go to episode number five and that will help you and so it was a natural extension to our business um, to you know direct people to and also it's just good practice isn't it you're creating something the more that you do it the better you get the more you can help your clients as well and you you know you're 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 living what they are wanting to live so you can you've got that advice and you can share your expertise simples yeah nick so my first podcast was kind of an accident to be honest okay. we started the voiceover social podcast because we wanted people to come to our voiceover social and we thought as voiceovers and professional voice users that the best way to advertise that event was to speak so we used to dander around manchester with our tiny tiny babies going come and hang out with us we're really nice and we're voiceovers and we'd like some friends and that kind of developed over seven years into the award-winning no big deal podcast uh, <laughs> that it has become so we won an inspiration award at the one voice awards with that one and we also got nominated for a british podcast award against stephen bartlett if you please obviously we didn't win uh, and then my second podcast came as an accessibility thing really so that's the voice coach podcast and for me, that was because voice coaching historically to a lot of people has seemed shrouded behind the doors of like drama schools and only for public speakers or maybe politicians and things. And I am a real advocate for how useful voice coaching can be for everyday people. So that was just me sticking out 10 to 12 minutes a week of the voice training process and answering any FAQs that come into me and my emails so that if somebody wanted to give voice coaching a try, it didn't cost any money, they could get a feel for who I was and what voice coaching is about. So that was about opening the, door, the, opening the doors a wee bit and making it a bit more accessible. And it's that thing of now I have a big bank of stuff I can send people yeah. to. So if you come to me for coaching, I go, great, listen to this episode and this episode and then we can talk. It's a really in clear introduction to what people are going to get if they do decide to work mm -hmm. with you as well. I mean, we're podcast enthusiasts in all ways. That's why we're here. But there are, there are upsides and downsides to creating one that we can talk about. There's still such an opportunity. Between a quarter and a half of UK adults are listening to podcasts now, which means there's still a lot more people who could listen to your podcast. The amount of time they spend listening to them is going up, whereas the amount of time we spend looking at social media posts is what's what's lower than a nanosecond I don't know um, and you know you, you can build the most unbelievable loyalty among your listeners on a podcast relatively quickly I'd say within a year episodes have long lifespans like you're talking building this library of great quality work but technically for loads of people they're really daunting they're hard to grow so I'm interested what made it possible 
for you. What made it possible for me to start a podcast was accepting I was going to need to pay for help and I didn't start it. I didn't approach Suze to produce it until I knew my business could cover that cost. I knew I couldn't really manage to take on the additional work of producing it, cutting it, editing it, putting it out there. Nick, how did you make podcasting possible within your work it's not an easy thing no and the truth about the voiceover social podcast was I'm that was co-hosted with someone who is beautiful and one of my best friends but a massive control freak (laughs) so she wanted to do everything so I and these are her words she was like you just show up and sparkle your neck all over it yeah (laughs) whatever the hell that means um and um (laughs) And we'll go from there. So I didn't have much to do with that one. But the reason that was successful was because of community. And the reason we kept making it was because the community needed it. Mm. And it was something that wasn't there for the community. So so we felt we didn't do that for like money or sponsorship or our careers. Ultimately, although it did help with our careers in the end, we started that because the community needed it. So it was it was that kind of a thing. With the Voice Coach podcast, I knew how much work it was. So I outsourced a lot of it. But again, I had already got a community online. And that was what led to the success of that podcast. So for me, I think it's about the community side of it, either as your inspiration to get started and know you need to do it, or so that when you do launch it, it doesn't just disappear into the ether of like millions of podcasts. And good Lord, don't expect it to make money for you. I mean, that is not, yeah, I mean, that's that's not a ridiculous a idea. to go into podcasting. <laughs> no. We'll talk about that more. Suze, I think there's something in your format. Although you have all the technical skills, I think there's something in the format you chose that yeah. allowed you to actually get it done. Can you explain? So I think there's two things. One is it's short, and that's something that Hillary um, can relate to. When you're writing short episodes, it's not going to take up hours and hours of your life explain Um, exactly what your podcast sounds like and looks like our podcast is podcasting in three easy steps so you listen to a short introduction and then there's three things that you can take away from the episode both Nick and Hillary have both taken over uh, Helen you're up next Um, you don't know it yet but you are Um, and so you take away these three things that you can action that day so whether it be on your artwork or whether it be writing an intro, whatever it is, just so you're not bamboozling people with information. And the second point to it is, I did it with somebody else. So we've got a passion for it. Um, Juliana, who um, has Decibel Podcasts, she uh, is a producer. So by sharing the load, we get it done. We're accountable to each other. So Juliana, have you done the episode? Or she's saying to me, Suze, where is it? And we know that every week we take it in turns and we get it done. So you're sharing the load and you're keeping it simple, I think is the key. The idea that a podcast can be a tiny yep. little bite moment of time, five minutes or less than that, is a game changer. Yep. I think it's a revelation that it doesn't need to be an hour and 40 minutes of, of you kind of... But it can change, can't it? It can change. Yeah, so you can do whatever you, you know. Fuck you like. Yeah, that's yeah. what I love about it. I put out like five minute episodes and hour and fifteen minute episodes. Yeah, that, and was a, that was a record. It's all. <laughs> it's all the same podcast. Yeah. It can be yeah. exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. I think most people have a podcast on their mind for quite a long time before it it becomes a real thing. What what unlocked it for you? What made it possible? So I think a couple of things, and I would I would agree with Nick very much. It was about community. So you know I. I had a, a relatively good established community on Instagram, not massive numbers, we're not talking big numbers at all, but I'm talking about people that were engaged and wanting to learn about storytelling. So that was a big driver. I think another fact was that there's nobody else 
doing it. If, if you know, you go and look at podcasts about storytelling and it's American-suited men <laughs> talking <laughs> about the very corporate side of storytelling or you've got the, the kind of the very the, the opposite side which is people talking about confidence and kind of you know the, the more the coach side there was definitely a gap between the two and it was quite a, a gaping hole that I saw and having the audience there on, on my Instagram you know knowing that there was an appetite for my content was was you know a big driver and I think it was just one of those things of just sod it I'm just going to do it I want to do it I'm really passionate about this subject as I said I need more platforms to be able to go and educate people about this and you know, I, I work with Susie as well and it was you know taking an idea to Susie and saying okay well let's look at the format what's going to be easy I'm you know I work with a lot of direct clients. I haven't got huge amounts of time. I certainly have zero budget, pretty much. Um, And so, you know, how do I fit this in? How do I do something which I'm not going to be able to, you know, it's going to continue that I can't go, oh, I'm too busy to do this now. And the idea of doing a daily podcast that is literally, well, it's supposed to be two or three minutes that they creep up a bit. But yeah, like you said, it doesn't matter, does it? But that seemed less overwhelming to me. So that was an idea that I had to go out and find lots of guests. And I may do in the future, but I could just get what's in my head down, batch record. I record 15, 20 at one go. Poor Susie has to listen to them all. And, and you know, it's sort of fitting it in around the rest of the, of the business. And like you were saying, Helen, being realistic, knowing that you can you can afford to pay for a bit of extra help because if, if it was down to me to produce it and to edit it I just wouldn't do it I wouldn't know where to start and it's just it's just a barrier that I didn't need so yeah asking for help knowing that there's an audience there they yeah. were probably the two big factors and my my pro tip is that the interview format of having to find guests for a, a podcast is a hard one if I had my time again, would I have done it that way? Probably because I like interviewing people and I'm too stubborn to give up on the format that, <laughs> uh, that I've got going. But, you know, finding guests, scheduling them, finding a time where you can both make it, it's its another barrier. If you can keep it as simple as possible as either a solo or a, you know, a, a, a pal or a, a business associate or a colleague that you can do it with, that is the simplest way to start no regrets though presumably Hillary are you happy to be a podcaster absolutely I blooming love it yeah no over 100 no episodes <laughs> over 100 episodes yeah. no 108 now I think something only, like when that. did you start November what <laughs> over okay. 40,000 words I've written in the scripts <laughs> <laughs> But we look for excuses, don't we? I think naturally we look for excuses, we look for barriers and actually you can start really simply. You could start with your phone and just start creating. Um, And, you know, anything that feels completely overwhelming, if you're going to start with like loads of sound effects, loads of people, you know, I'm going to be recording in person, booking all those guests, it can just, the barriers, and then you're not going to get beyond two or three episodes. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be too hard. Yeah. And Suze and Juliana, um, her podcasting partner, they also run beginners podcasting courses. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. (laughs) Suze, are you happy that you've got something out yes. there a product yeah. a podcast what's it given you well it's given me loads actually and um, not just um the opportunity to build confidence and share my expertise because i think we all question ourselves sometimes whatever age we are do i know enough what do i and actually you don't have to be the expert on voice you don't have to be the expert on 
storytelling, but you just need to know a little bit more than somebody else and you can share that. And, and you know, I think that just kind of works for people. I'm really pleased we've created it. Um, and I think the more that you do it, the, the better it gets, the more that you're on the lookout for ideas. It makes you think about like coming to the show today and yesterday. What can you absorb? What could you feed into your creativity to your podcast? Um, yeah, really pleased that we've done it. Nick, you're on your second podcast. Yeah. What, what joy do you get from it? What's the best thing? Um, I think the connection it gives me with my clients and the people that need me, I suppose, and the ability to share something in a really easy, fun way. I just love chatting, <laughs> whether there's somebody there or not, you know. <laughs> uh, I will sit in my padded room at home and chat, chat, chat about voice for ages. And I think the other, there's a couple of things it brings me joy through. One is that it keeps me striving to find out the next bit of information. Yeah. So as a voice coach, I'm constantly striving for the next bit of research or the next new exercise or methodology to help my, my people who are out there. And I love that I can use it as a way to answer the questions that come yeah. to me all the time. So if someone in my community asks a question and I think that's a really good question, yeah. actually, then I can just do an episode of it, stick it out there and then every, everybody benefits, which is really nice. Yeah. I think it is a little unusual still to find a group of four women podcasters sitting together having a conversation about their podcasts. Hmm. Suze, do you have the stats on women in podcasting at so, the front of your brain? I don't. I do. I think 22% of podcasts are hosted by women, and that's from We Are Emmeline, which is an organisation helping women uh, to share their voices through podcasting. And, yeah, I mean, you look around the, the show, and I would say there is a hell of a lot of women here, at least 50-50. Is that reflected in the speakers? I don't know. I don't have those figures. Is it reflected on the number of people that get the advertising and the money? I don't know. I don't have those figures. I would question. I think we, I think we know what we suspect. Uh, we have a sense that there is some really well-funded, well-supported, well-backed yeah. men in the podcasting yeah. industry and the numbers far outweigh women. Nick, I, I know you have thoughts on what holds women back from starting their own podcast why <sighs> how long have you got where did I put my soapbox <laughs> um, their women have historically received a lot of flack about their voices whether their voices are literally valuable and what they've got to say or physically uh, also literally valuable you know in terms of the quality of the sound their ability to hold a space like the male voice and their ability to have a voice that sounds worthy. Um, a lot of women go through a process of feeling very apologetic about their voice or very apologetic about the fact that they have something to say at all. So honestly, it is the patriarchy and I think that does filter down into this space and sometimes it's unconscious. Even the people doing the programming and the people that do the um, commissioning, a lot of the the discrimination against the female voice and getting it out there is completely unconscious and, and it's a sort of conditioned that way, unfortunately. So it's a, it is a constant fight to make sure that the female voice is heard. But I do know from female podcasters that I work with and female speakers of all kinds that nearly all of the quandaries they come to me with are because at some point in their life, somebody has told them to be quiet. Oh, you're a bit shrill. All right, love, calm down. All those kinds of comments 
confidence or, ones. Exactly. Yeah. And that does that literally stops people feeling like mm. they should talk or can talk. Yeah. I really agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, I come across that a lot with my clients and in my own personal story. Absolutely. I mean, I've spent you know, years in the corporate world being told not to be emotional, not, yeah, don't, yeah, that calm down, dear, come on now. And, you know, and it gets to you. And I think, you know, and that that's part of the problem here is is kind of what we've been told all the time. And it's just that idea of, you know, do I have something interesting to say? Yeah. You know, do I, from my perspective and my clients, like, do I have a story? Yeah, so many people will say to me, you know, people that are running amazing businesses, oh, I haven't got a story, you know, and it's just because they don't feel they've got that right to have one. It's sort of like, you know, they don't want to big themselves up. You know, I hear all the time as well, oh, what if someone reads my story? What if I, what if I, what if I do a podcast and someone listens to it? I mean, it's <laughs> nuts, isn't it? But this is seriously what I hear. No, I know. I'm, I, I don't, I can't remember exactly what the statistic is, but there's another one around women applying for jobs and promotions in that we won't apply for a job or promotion until we consider ourselves overqualified. Yeah. We'd look at the list of, 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 you know, what they're looking for in that role and go, oh no, there's two of those yeah. that I'm not, I don't completely fulfil. Whereas a guy might look at it and he, like, number one, he can do that and the rest of it, he's like, I'll learn it on the job. And, yeah. you know, and it's the same syndrome. It's like, what, do I really have enough to say to start a podcast so you do I would say you yeah. do I, I, absolutely yeah and, and I was going to say it, it says a lot that the courses that we um, put on Juliana and I to start your podcast are all, all women so you're not getting approached by men because I think there's an attitude that I'll start a podcast <laughs> <laughs> Course. Name it, doesn't need to, it, it doesn't need to be I'm about anything. Yeah. It could just be me and my friend just chatting. Because <laughs> what we have to chat about is yeah. just valuable in itself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, whereas I think it, you know, we'll, we will question ourselves. Actually, I, you know, have I got something to say about this? Yeah, you bloody do. You know, there is, there is a podcast about almost everything. And if there's something else you're interested, go and fill that sound space yeah. as well what I would reassure you with if you've got a podcast on your mind is that there's such a lovely safe space people really only listen to them if they're interested so anybody who's going to listen to your podcast is here for it and they will give you wonderful feedback and they will listen every day or every week if you can make it as authentic and open and fun and relaxed as you possibly can you've got to enjoy it haven't you I mean I think this is one of the things that I've taken away from the sessions is that when the host or the people involved are enjoying it you make a great podcast if they sound miserable and you know pushed into doing it it's not going to be a good listen <laughs> yeah do it because you love the idea you've got not because oh I should start a podcast yeah, and Absolutely. it will sound your voice will respond in a really beautiful way as well if you're there with passion and joy and a real desire to you know share share your message or your ideas or your thoughts and that's where you get the best engagement isn't it if yeah. you're you know again holly tucker was saying you know that that authentic side being more vulnerable and i think that's a real strength that we as women have and that we can bring to podcasting is that you know being a bit more vulnerable as hard as it is probably comes much more naturally to us than it does to men and it's that vulnerability which creates a really strong connections and when podcasting you know in the way that we do it it's all about building community it's those connections allowing yourself to be more vulnerable 
and it's really good. You know, I've certainly become more confident through being more vulnerable. It sounds really strange, but you know, it is that ability to do it. And because I think you it, know, nothing, nothing bad happens. Nothing if you do bad share, happens. If you share know, something yeah. that makes you feel a bit nervous. Also, for anybody who has got particular voice hang-ups there's a whole episode of just bloody post it that i recorded with nick that i will link to in the show notes that you can listen to and unpack your own hang-ups about your voice and start to find some ways to love it yeah and use it in the way that it is not change it exactly podcasting is really unique for that because your voice and all of its beautiful features and accents and and, you know, bits of vocal fry or bits of high pitch or bits of low pitch or whatever it is, that's you. And that is one of the only unique things you have in the space when it's audio, your voice. So coming to terms with that and owning that and knowing how to get the best out of it is, is what I work on with people. I have one other reason why I think it's great to do a podcast. Go for I don't it. know if you'll get to this, but like, <laughs> this is really, really silly. <laughs> But someday you'll be out somewhere and somebody will be a listener and they'll come up and they'll say, oh my God, I listened to your podcast. And for 10 seconds, you'll feel like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Do you want, do you want a picture? <laughs> okay. no. And then you can go back to your life with your kids and your husband. And cleaning up. They're yeah. like, where, then you know, your kid makes you pick his nose and you're back to reality. <laughs> for that moment. It's beautiful. It's lovely, isn't it? Something that this event has got me thinking about is that no podcast really exists in a vacuum on its own. So you might love the idea of a podcast. And one of the beauties of it is that there's not really an algorithm messing with your podcast. You put it onto a platform, several platforms, and people can go and get it there. But there's it's hard to discover a new one. Like, it's really hard to discover a new one. It's hard to grow an audience. We know that. So in order to be discovered, most people are driving listeners through their social channels. They've got an Instagram following or a Twitter following or LinkedIn profile or whatever it is they've got. Guys, how do you promote your podcast? Nick? Um... Yeah, I think probably socials. I This is awful. I don't really do anything about it anymore. <laughs> I just kind of do it and put it out there. And it might show on the stats, I don't know, but it, it seems to be finding people or the people, it finds the right people at least. Um, what, what, what I use the podcast for, I think most is about, is this repurposing thing. So I write the podcast and that becomes a blog and then that becomes my content. And there's links to my podcast and everything. So whether it's via a QR code in my book whether it's on the back of my card, my warm-up card deck, or whether it's on my social media profile, like it's always there for people to find. But to be honest with you, the value I have in people when they find my podcast is is me giving it to them because they want coaching. And I say, do you know I've got this podcast? Have a listen to that first and we'll see where we are. Or they come to me for coaching and they go, I can't quite afford you right now. And I say, don't worry, go and binge this for a few months and then see where we are then. So I don't do much to promote it anymore, which if I had a producer now, they'd probably be really raging about. <laughs> but that's not why it's important to me. There is a slight existential crisis, I think, in podcasting around video content. Mm. So there's been a lot of chat about whether or not you need to video your podcast. So it then becomes some sort of television show podcast-ish thing. And whether to podcast purists that... Like it ruins it, it spoils the intimacy. Um, I'm going to just lay my cards on the table. I have. I don't think you need to. I, I, no, I know. I have. <laughs> right there. 
I have run my podcast without videoing it and without having any video content to promote it on social media. And I believe that videoing podcasts and having some video content to share around it on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, I think is a game changer. And I don't understand why you wouldn't do it now. Hillary, does that make you feel uncomfortable? Do you just want to make a, a, a sound recording and that's it, it? It does make me feel a bit uncomfortable, but maybe not for the reasons that that you think it does so I I don't feel uncomfortable being on camera at all in the slightest I stand I'm ready I'm ready this is my moment but I do feel it's potentially a barrier for independent podcasters so I record my podcast in my wardrobe literally surrounded by my shoes and my clothes if I was to think okay I need to film my podcast now that would be a whole heap of other things. I've got to find somewhere new to record. I've got, or it'd be weird. I don't think anyone wants to see the, you know, the back of my partner's shirts. But um, <laughs> I did do it on socials recently, but just for the laugh. Um, but yeah, so it, it, you know, I, I'm concerned. There are so many barriers already for independent podcasters. You know, cost and competing and not being able to get advertising. All these things that does video just make it that one step too difficult and is it going to put people off and I think the other side although it's not an issue for me I think the same thing that we were talking about with with voice and imposter syndrome you know I think for female podcasters that maybe are battling with confidence anyway is video gonna push them out even further you know it is a safe space when we're on audio we can be ourselves we don't have to worry about if we're being judged does video change that for for women in particular all right good points very well made Suze yeah. where do you sit on the video versus audio versus both Nick I'm coming to you Nick, Nick is, Nick's about to <laughs> strain yourself Nick's Nick. about to leap um, off the sofa I'll start you off Look, I am a Look. Radio, I'm a radio person. I'm, you know, radio has always been my thing. I love it. I love the intimacy of it. And I feel that as soon as you start adding video, it takes away a layer. And I don't want anything to stop or present themselves as another barrier for especially women to start their podcast. And I think when you start attracting the big bucks of advertising, they want all that stuff because they want the clickbait. They want the, the money to come in. And as soon as you start heaping that on people, then I just think it's the next step, you know, to, to send them into pod fade, to not want to start producing too much. Start simple, get great audio first, stuff that sounds good, because within two seconds, if it sounds bad, I am turning off. So make the content good, make the, 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 the sound good, get decent mics, invest in that first. Next step, think about video. Okay, okay. Susan's on the fence. I sense that Nick is not. And then I'm going to come I back to me. But Nick, what do you think? I can't be fucking arsed. Like, <laughs> I, it's just another fucking thing to do, isn't it? And then I've got, <laughs> A, it's the setup. I've got to set the fucking camera up, make sure the angles are okay, Get the make, make sure the light's all right. I've got to maybe yeah. know my material a little bit better and maybe not read it off a script, potentially, if that's what you do. I have to, like have the nerves of like doing it to camera and like not being able to like fluff as much because then the edit's going to be a pain in the arse <laughs> and then it's the what do I do with it oh great I've got more content to create great so I've got like a fucking video to get edited <laughs> into stuff and then put that in I just can't be arse like I've enough to do and I know I can God, I sound very Irish when I get on one <laughs> um, when I record a podcast I can hop in there and I can chit chat away yeah. and I feel really comfortable and that is my space 
as soon as the camera goes on me, I'm grand, like, I'm fine like this. But if I'm just on my own in the booth with the thing, yeah. oh God, I just can't be fecking arse. So that takes, honestly, would take me about five times as long to record the fucking thing. How many times have I said feck? Now at this point. Yeah, plenty. <laughs> Dozen. Am I editing this? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, all right. I, I, I stand partially corrected. I think you're really right about just starting. Yeah. Keeping it, that's why we started the conversation. Yeah. Keeping it simple, making it possible. However, however, this is my show, Suze. <laughs> I... Um, I want people to listen to my podcast. Yeah. I want people to listen to my podcast. I want more people to listen to my podcast. And therefore, I am prepared to make a bit of video so I can share it on my socials because yeah. it's so much more engaging. Yeah. And it's so much easier for people to connect with what you're doing and go, oh, look, it's a podcast. There's yeah. headphones and a microphone yeah. and there's a couple of people chatting. And you can keep... I mean, it's messy. I don't put any additional makeup on to record podcasts with. Um, if you go and follow Catherine Ryan, the... Um, comedian she's awesome on social media but she records um little talky podcasts and she clearly just puts her iphone next to where she's recording and and records footage of herself chatting away she forgot to do it she's a genius my friend antonia forwarded me a reel that Catherine did last week I think where she forgot to video her podcast so she played the podcast out of her laptop and videoed herself eating popcorn listening to it <laughs> so it can, I think I can get on board with it, that. I think it can be really messy uh, and just give you that little leg up that you need on you know Instagram in particular is absolutely brutal to audiograms which is those posts that have sound on them it doesn't love them so just recording a bit of video will help more people find the show but yes Start first, do it. That's more important than the video. Okay. Are we okay? Are we good? Yeah, we're fine. Okay. We're still friends. <laughs> yeah, just. Just, <laughs> just friends. So, podcasting. What makes a great show, Suze? You're probably the biggest consumer, maybe I'm wrong, of podcasts in the group. What makes oh, a great podcast? <laughs> Big, small, in between? It's the storytelling. So Hillary knows this, whatever you're talking about, whatever your niche subject is, is how you tell that story. Have you got that hook straight away um, with people? We, we were in a talk yesterday and um, the Red Handed team were there talking about how they didn't even think about a hook right in the early days of their podcast, which is hugely successful. Um, and now they really consider the hook because you've got to get people in straight away. Whatever it is, if you're talking about cycling or you're talking about cooking, You've got to get people interested in why they have to listen to that show. So a great show for me is something that I have to, absolutely have to listen to. And then it hooks me in so straight away. And, you know, it is all about the content for me. If it's, if it's long, oh my God, we've all listened to a really long podcast, haven't we? That just lose you halfway. It's like, why am I even, why am I wasting my time? Because people are giving you their precious time, whether it be five minutes, 20 minutes, two hours. You know, you've got to respect that. Nick, what makes a good podcast? Uh, as a consumer of many podcasts, for me, it's about making me feel something. And that's what I work with people when I coach them for podcasts. It's like a lot of people get hung up on, you know, how I sound and what I need to say. And actually, it's about how you want to make somebody feel at the end of the day. So as long as a podcast makes me feel something, want to do something, be inspired to change something or investigate something, then I'm happy. Yeah, and I would say that 
I heard someone say once somewhere that it takes you about 500 episodes before you really start to learn to be a podcaster. <laughs> and now that we're on about episode 120, 119, 120 of Just Bloody Post It, I do feel like I'm just beginning <laughs> to learn what makes a podcast. And I think I would try and sum that up as just if you could just try and give a bit more, yeah. like be a bit braver, a bit bolder about what you're going to say, ask a slightly scarier question, yeah. cover a topic that makes you feel a bit more uncomfortable, that's where you start getting towards the good stuff. Hillary? Uh, yeah, totally. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think because, you know, we've mentioned the word journey a few times, I think you're, you've, we've got responsibility to bring our, our listeners along with us on that journey. We're learning all the time and our, so are our listeners. So I think you're right, Helen. And if you push yourself that little bit more, it's a little bit uncomfortable, especially given all of the things that, you know, all four of us here are doing with our podcast. It's about helping women and, and business owners and the like move forward. They've got to see that in us as well. We're not polished, perfect, finished articles. If we try and pretend we are, it's kind of, it's less authentic. We don't care as much. So if we're pushing ourselves, if we mess up every now and again if we talk about a little failure or like oh my god this is really scary it just helps that it, again it's that connection that relevancy it gives us a you know a, a right to play in this space because we're going through the same things as the people that we're here to help as well and it's you know that that piece is key I also agree with Suze massively about the hook you know as talk to people a lot about this do not leave that key message to the end the idea that someone will listen to a podcast because they're waiting for the key message no they <laughs> will have gone they would have left you know minutes hours beforehand so you know making sure that you're you know that you're saying that key hook that's relevant to them the what's in it for me right at the beginning play around with it a little bit of storytelling a little bit of personal storytelling just to get them in but the, yeah, the, just don't think that they will go right to the end to listen to your key thing. It is just, they will switch off. So get it in there straight up. Yeah, that goes for all content, actually. Absolutely. I don't want to sit and listen to five minutes on your Sainsbury's delivery before I've found out <laughs> what this episode's about. Absolutely not. Finally, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask for really one bit of advice that you would give a hopeful, independent podcaster that might just make it happen and get podcasts into the world so you're looking at me what's your <laughs> tip I think you know look around you you know here the podcast industry is still growing you know there's still room for you don't be put off just find your niche be vulnerable you know that's what we're, we're talking about showing that vulnerability sharing your knowledge and your expertise and just do it just get started do it simply and keep going and you will get better and better 100 episodes 500 episodes whatever it is you will find your way don't worry about all the other stuff it will all come the growth etc you know and and you know, one piece of advice sorry um <laughs> but you know a, a, lot of, trend a, lot, a lot of people will say you know you've got to think about that strategy straight off yeah in an ideal world when you've got a team of 15 people working with you but if you're starting by yourself just get started nick Stay hydrated and breathe out. Breathe, always breathe. Didn't, Hillary, didn't you need to be told to breathe when you started? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, by Susie, yeah. Apparently I just, just reeled off really quickly and didn't breathe in the slightest. So yes, that is a good bit Specifically, of Specifically, breathe out. If you breathe out, your body will breathe back in. Yeah. So breathe out. What advice would you give, Helen? 
that it could be the most fun, joyful thing that you create and that you won't believe the response that you'll get from people in terms of meaningful engagement and feedback. And you won't know whether that happens unless you try. So just start. Hillary, do it. just bloody make a <laughs> podcast. Hillary, we didn't get your tip. I, exactly the same. I mean, I, I, there's an episode coming out, I think, next week where I talk about just, just bloody doing it. Yeah, just, just do it. I think it's that idea, you know, if you've got an idea think about your audience I think you know that would be my number one thing before just doing it is make sure that you're really you really know who your audience are you know what's going on in their world and your your content is really relevant it's answering a question for your audience and then just do it don't worry about it It doesn't have to be perfect you can do it really simply to start with as Susie said you can evolve you can change you're not stuck in one format but just getting it out there and seeing what you can do. Because like you said, that you know, the, the joy of it, the first bit of positive feedback, the first five-star rating that you get, it's, it's enough to keep you going, isn't it? It's just the best feeling in the world. Thank you, guys. This was the most fun I've ever had making a podcast. <laughs> and I'm so happy to have done it with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Helen. Well, that was wonderful. There's a Noel Coward quote I love. Sometimes work is more fun than fun, which is most definitely how I feel about creating that episode. Hearing the real life energy is great. I hope you enjoyed it too. And will perhaps start a podcast because of it. If not that... I recommend just bloody getting out there. As a solo business person, it's so easy for me to spend all of my time on Zoom in the office over the garage, but getting out and involved with the other people in your industry is such a boost. I came away from the podcast show buzzing with thoughts and questions and feeling part of something real, not just theoretical. So book yourself a work day out some thank yous first to Suze and Nick and Hillary of course you'll find details of how to connect with them and listen to their podcasts in the show notes and to Spiritland who laid on the recording studio at the show it was just wonderful and so appreciated Spiritland have a real life recording studio in King's Cross in London if that is something that might interest you cheers to more in the flesh recordings in future and I'll be back next week thank you for every listen